All right, Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, we, uh, we had just kind of gotten into chapter 2 last week when we were talking about basically the stop praying and start moving. Do y'all remember I finished with Exodus? But um, Colossians chapter 2 verses 1 through 7 is talking a lot about get moving. With what you have learned, get moving on it. Remember from last week, school's out. Time to put your, your learning into practice, right? Uh, I think so many times we, we come in here and we get good words, but we're just waiting for a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And God's saying, no, I've equipped you for what you need this week. Go put that into practice. Get it to work. Get God moving in your life. So Colossians chapter 2, and this is from the message, verse 8. Again, chapter 1 was about walking worthy. He's talking to believers and he's trying to encourage us believers to get moving. We've learned, now start walking. So, Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. Watch out for people who try to dazzle you with big words and intellectual double talk. They want to drag you off into endless arguments that never amount to anything. They spread their ideas through the empty traditions of human beings and the empty superstitious superstitions of spirit beings. But that's not the way of Christ. Now, are you, are you catching this? Empty traditions and empty superstitions. We can even do this in the church. We get hung up with what's happened in the past, so much so that we are not listening to the Spirit of God. We're not listening to the Word of God in our heart and moving where God is now. We want to stay where we were. And we can't stay where we were. We've got to keep walking. We've got to keep growing. We've got to keep moving. God doesn't stay here forever. God is not a stagnant God. Amen? We are not to be stagnant. That is not the way of Christ. Next verse. Still in Colossians 8 through 10. Everything of God gets expressed in him, so you can see and hear him clearly. You don't need a telescope, a microscope, or a horoscope to realize the fullness of Christ and the emptiness of the universe without him. When you come to him, that fullness comes together for you too. His power extends over everything. When we come to him, his fullness comes too. I love that word. When we move to him, I, 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 like the, I, I like the thought that I don't have to know God completely to receive God completely. And what I mean is I don't have to know everything that he can do for me. I don't have to know what he is capable of doing in my life. I just have to come to him. And when I do, I get all of that. He doesn't say, well, since you don't know this about me, I'm not going to do that for you until you can figure out that's about me. No, it's like a dad. When a dad comes to a child, the child may not know what all the dad can do, but the dad does everything that he can do for that child. Do you follow me? Even though as a baby Christian, we may not know that God is a healer, that does not disqualify God as a healer because we didn't know he was a healer when we came to him. So when we come to him, we get, when we come, the fullness comes together. The fullness comes when we come to him. All of God and all of his fullness and all of his power and everything that he has to offer. 
And what, I, what I'm thankful for is a lot of times the Lord blesses me in areas that I didn't realize that he could bless me in, or I wasn't looking for that blessing, or I wasn't expecting that blessing, but yet I still got it. That's the way my earthly father works. He has, uh, you know, he has blessed me as a child. He's blessed me as an adult. You know, you don't realize what all your dad is capable of, but then you grow up and he's still blessing you in different ways, ways that you never needed as a child. Now you need it as an adult. And he blesses you through your kids, through, through, through your wife, through your family, through your situations. When I come to my dad, when I come to Father God, I get him in all his fullness. I may be coming needing a financial break and he gives me a mental charge. I may come to him needing a a thing in my job, but he winds up giving me a family breakthrough. Two. Are you with me? You don't need a telescope, you don't need a microscope, and you don't need a horoscope. You just go to him, and you get him. I love that. It started off with people trying to dazzle you with big words and intellectual double talk. Have you ever gotten in a spiritual conversation with, with an intellectual? Now, I don't mean that necessarily in a negative way, but it can be negative. Have you ever had someone that was so smart that knew better than what the truth was? They knew better. Now, what I mean is they weren't accepting the truth. Their way was better because they could explain it in a way that sounded like it made sense but you knew it didn't make sense and we've had a situation with our children where they're walking through something and we've been through it and they think they know everything and eventually we just come to the point where okay we're not able to speak into you go ahead and wander off that way we're not going to let you fall we're not going to let you get hurt but doggone it you are stubborn and you are hard-headed and you think you know everything and that's what we do with God. We try and we try and we try on our own, never seeking God. And God's like, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. I got the answers. I got it for you. I can help you. This person over here is trying to talk to you. I'm speaking through them to you, but you're not hearing. Go ahead. Okay, that didn't work. Okay, God. Yes, yes, I can help you. Don't let, intellect, don't let your brain get in the way of what God's trying to do in your life. Boy, I've been there. Verse 11 through 15. Entering into, his, into this fullness is not something you figure out or achieve. It's not a matter of being circumcised or keeping a long list of laws. Now, I, I want you to catch this because this is a long passage. It's verses 11 through verse 23, and I'm going to read it all here in just a minute. But it is dealing with legalism. And I think Satan likes to use legalism in the church to try to keep us from following the Word of God. I think we can take it on both extremes. I can follow God's Word and be doing everything right and have an outsider tell me I'm legalistic, but I'm doing right. People also can be taking, taking the Word out of context, sticking to a set of laws, but not following God at all. Now, does that make any sense? Any, anybody here like to follow rules? Anybody here hate to follow rules? Some people like rules. Some people hate rules. But what God is battling here, what Paul is, is battling here through the, through the Holy Spirit, 
is not allowing legalism or systems to mask itself as your walk with Christ. Now, I, I love systems. I love them. Uh, and I don't say that word lightly. I really have to battle systems, systematic. I'm very systematic in my thinking. So much so that I have my kids to school almost within the minute every day. And if I'm off at all, I can't hardly function. I, I really have issues. I'm OCD like crazy. I, there's no doubt about it. I, have to, I really have to have the Lord to work through me to, to help me function when somebody gets me off my schedule. It's bad. But I can be very legalistic, even in my Bible reading. I have a system for my Bible reading. And it's a, Elizabeth calls it the perfect system. And she says that laughingly. She doesn't think it's perfect at all. But it's perfect. It works for me. But I've so many times gone into that system and not even heard a word that I read. Have you ever done that? Have you ever read the Word of God and you didn't hear it at all? You missed it. You missed the Lord. Don't miss the Lord in your Bible reading. All right. Entering into the fullness of God is not something you figure out or achieve. It's not a matter of being circumcised or keeping a long list of lies. Laws. No, you're already in. Insiders. Not through some secretive initiation, initiation rite, but rather through what Christ has already gone through for you, destroying the power of sin. You're in. Quit fighting that. Quit doubting that. You have given your heart to Christ. Done. Now we need to walk in it. If it's an initiation ritual you're after, you've already been through it by submitting to baptism. Have you been baptized? If you haven't, you should. <laughs> if you haven't been water baptized, why not? You should. Why? Because Jesus did it and because he told us to do it. That's enough for me. What else are you waiting for? Going under the water was a burial of your old life. Coming up out of it was a resurrection. God raising you from the dead as he did Christ. When you were stuck in your old sin-dead life, you were incapable of responding to God. But God brought you alive right along with Christ. Think of it. All sins forgiven, the slate wiped clean, and that old arrest warrant canceled and nailed to the Christ's cross. He stripped all of the spiritual tyrants in the universe of their sham authority at the cross and marched them naked through the streets. Have you ever heard it that way? He's taken what you had, all that dirtiness, and he has nailed it to the cross. And not only that, that, that junk that was chasing after you, trying to drag you down, he has ran them out naked, embarrassing them to death, running them off. He's done it. That's done. And that sham authority, he has marched them naked through the streets. <laughs> I love that. So, don't put up with anyone pressuring you into details of a diet, worship services, or holy days. All those things are mere shadows cast before what was to come. The substance is Christ. 
Can you imagine Christ walking the earth and healing somebody and a religious leader come and telling him he wasn't supposed to heal somebody? That's what we do when we get hung up with our stuff. We're telling God, no, you're wrong about this. I need to do this part and then I will, I will be good. I'll be good with you, God, if I do this part. God's, well, wait a minute. Christ is walking the earth and getting ridiculed for healing somebody on the Sabbath. Well, he basically says, well, I am the Sabbath. You don't know who I am is your problem. And you're hung up with this stuff. It doesn't matter what you eat. What matters is your heart. Don't get hung up with what you're eating. Get hung up with Christ. The substance is Christ. And I believe what he is saying is if we will get right with Christ, we'll eat the right things. The stuff will line itself up with Christ. Not us try to get the stuff to line up with Christ. No, get with Christ. The stuff, the religious stuff, the traditional stuff, if it needs to go away, it will be obvious to you because the Holy Spirit will be working through you. Or you will do it in a way that honors God, not mocks God. Do y'all know that we could do church and mock God? It happens all the time. But if we have Christ and we do church, the church is going to look completely different. Can y'all catch this? Can y'all catch what Paul is saying? He's saying, don't miss, don't miss God. Don't come to church and miss God. Don't get up in the morning and see a sunrise and miss God. Don't get up in the morning and walk into your life and not go with God because it's so good. 17, 18. Don't tolerate people who try to run your life, ordering you to bow and scrape, insisting that you join their obsession with angels that you seek out and that you seek out visions. They're a lot of hot air. That's all they are. Completely out of touch with the source of life, Christ, who puts us together in one piece, whose very breath and blood flow through us. He is the head and we are the body. We can grow up healthy in God only as he nourishes us. Now, I believe right here, we're going to jump into chapter 3. In just a moment, you're going to start to see um, a kingdom authority. He's going to talk about wives submitting to husbands and husbands loving their wives and children obeying their parents and servants serving their masters. I believe right here, Paul is starting to establish authority. He is the head and we are the body. We can grow up healthy in God only as he nourishes us. Why? Because the head nourishes the body. The only way your body can be nourished is by your head, by what you eat, by what you see, by what you hear. Any corruption that you are dealing with is coming from here down. It says that all sin starts here. Right? It starts in the mind. 
verse 20. So then, if with Christ you've put all that pretentious and infantile religion behind you, why do you let yourselves be bullied by it? Don't touch this. Don't taste that. Don't go near this. Do you think things that are here today and gone tomorrow are worth that kind of attention? Such things sound impressive if said in a deep enough voice. (laughs) Do you know people that when they talk about a certain subject, their voice changes? I mean, I do it. We all do it. You know, whatever it might be, but trying to emphasize what they're saying and trying to give weight to what, when they use that expression or when I use that expression, it's to prove a point. It's to get you to, if you weren't listening to me, you're going to hear me because I'm going to change the tone of my, of my voice. Trying to make it sound important because they're using a deep enough voice. They even give the illusion of being pious and humble and aesthetic. But they're just, but they're just another way of showing off, making yourselves look important. Again, this whole end of chapter 2 is an all-out attack on legalism. Your walk with Christ is not grounded on things, events, foods, laws, rules. It's based on Jesus Christ, Him, and Him alone. The power of the cross, the destroying, destroying the power of sin over you. You don't have to earn or do anything for that. It's been done for you. It's been nailed to the cross. The price has been paid for you. You can't earn that. You can't earn forgiveness of sin. You can't earn the cleansing of the blood of Jesus that is given to us. Now, do we still have parts that we play because our hearts change? We walk differently, yes. But we cannot be doing these things to try to punch us a ticket into heaven. No, my way to heaven was made secure by Christ and when I received him as my Lord and Savior. The substance is Christ. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. So, if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Can y'all hear what's being told to us all through Colossians? Get to work. Get moving. Get to work according to his word, according to his spirit. Take what the Lord has done in your heart and start moving. If you're serious about living with Christ, act like it. Pursue things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up, be alert to what's going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. I think this is saying so much here, but one thing that it's saying to me is how easy it is for us to get caught up with busy work. For us to miss the good stuff. 
you know, there are times now, and Elizabeth is so good at this. She is, uh, her, um, her love language is quality time. Mine's not. God is so hilarious how he puts us together. And then we, all we do is just try to figure each other out the rest of our life and not set the house on fire. I'm literally. Um, but my oldest daughter will come home. She, she works and she dances and she's usually late coming in. But she is, Elizabeth is so good at getting my child to stop for just a minute and talk. And what starts coming out of them is the good stuff. The st- the, their heart. It's not, hey, how's it going? You know, me and Pete have our own expressions and guys are real bad for this. Hey, Pete, what kind of day did you have? Good, how about you? Good, how about you? Good, how about you? Good, how about you? And we didn't say anything to each other. But we don't want to miss the good stuff. We don't want to miss quality time in the presence of the Lord. I would want to encourage you as we're going through this worship series, the first, we do three or four songs during worship. Don't miss your time in the presence of the Lord because you're enjoying music or because you're just having a good time. Our intention of worship is to usher in the presence of the Lord and for us to, us to have that experience. And if the Lord moves, we move with Him. It is a quality time with God. Worship is quality time with God. And we try hard as a worship team to make sure that it is vertical worship, not horizontal worship. And what I mean is it's not I, 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 I need, you do this for me, 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 me. Hopefully you're not hearing a lot of I's and me's. What you're hearing in our worship is a lot of you's. You are worthy. You are wonderful. You are seated high and above. Your name is above all names. Can you see? We, we get off the horizontal about what we need, and we turn our focus to who he is, how great he is. You know, around the throne, it's not I, 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 I. It's you. And I want to encourage you during worship, don't get caught up with the busy stuff. Turn your focus to God. Catch, catch the words that we're singing because we should be singing the word of God. And let your heart be poured out unto him. And expect something. Don't just sing a song. Come in expecting. Come in expecting to hear a word from me or from Pastor Justin or from whoever may have the microphone or from the worship team to speak directly into your heart and then start listening to the Lord. If you're serious about this life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things which Christ presides. Not shuffling with our eyes to the ground, absorbed with things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what's going on around Christ. I believe even in worship, get your focus off of what you're going through and look up and get your focus on Him. Isn't that a good word? It's so easy to come in here and stay focused on us. Look what it says in verse 3. Your old life is dead. 
your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, is with Christ in God. He is your life. When Christ, your real life, remember, shows up again on this earth, you'll show up too, the real you, the glorious you. Meanwhile, be content with obscurity like Christ. And that means, verse 5, and that means killing off everything connected with that way of death. Sexual promiscuity, impurity, lust, doing whatever you feel like, whenever you feel like, and grabbing whatever attracts your fancy. That's a life shaped by things and feelings instead of God. It's because of this kind of thing that God is about to explode in anger. It wasn't long ago you were doing all that stuff and not knowing any better. But you know better now, so make sure it's all gone for good. Bad temper, irritability, meanness, profanity, dirty talk. I'll stop here. But I want you to see how the Lord deals with it. It's not putting it aside. It's not setting it over here, setting it outside. It is killing it off. Taking no prisoners. We've got no place to store these things. They need to dry up and die. They need to be set fire to with no, um, no sign of them when it's gone. Are you battling with some of these things? You need to kill it off. Do you remember the movie um, um, Fireproof? I mean, it's been years that that came out, but it was about a marriage falling apart. And the husband was having problems with pornography. And what he eventually did was he took his computer outside and killed it, I think, with a baseball bat. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not saying go take your computer and take a baseball bat to it. But it wouldn't be the worst thing if you did. So many families shut their cable off, turn their TVs off. Why? Because they're trying to remove. They're trying to remove that from coming in. We've got to get real with our sin, with our temptation. It's real. Men, women, it's real. It's not some fictitious thing you're just thinking is there. No, it's real. Temptation is real. Kill it off. No gray area. Death to these things. Sexual promiscuity, impurity, lust, doing whatever you feel like. Now you know better. All right. I feel like I'm kind of, I don't know. I don't know that we're connecting tonight, but I, I feel like the Lord is... Um, the Lord is here. Um, I, I believe we. I believe you are walking. I believe that. I believe that great things are ahead for us as a church. I believe that great things are ahead for you individually. But we have got to stand fast. We have got to stand. Remember the song: "You got to stand for something, or you'll fall for everything." It's time to stand. If y'all don't mind, let's just do that. Let's just stand up. And I just want to encourage you. Go back into Colossians chapter 1, 2, and I may finish up chapter 3, 3 and 4 next, next week. But it's time to take what we've learned and start walking. It's time to get brave and, and say no. 
it's time to turn from the way that we've been walking to a new way. And I want to encourage you, you have the strength to turn. And you have the strength to walk the right way. Whether you feel like it or not, it's not based on how you feel at all. That feeling is Satan trying to keep you from turning. It's not based on how you feel. Pastor, I don't feel like I can. Well, that's okay. It's not based on how you feel. You can. Scripture tells me I can. We say we believe Scripture. Now it's time that we walk it. You may think you're going to fall down. You may think you're going to fail. But if you walk according to God's Word, what happens is your faith gets released and God comes and helps you. But we've got to take that step. The Lord can't lead you unless you walk. You've got to walk. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I just ask for courage. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous, church on the hill. Risk everything. Go all in. No safety net. You've got some decisions in front of you this week. Fast and pray and move. Seek after God and move. Ask the Lord for wisdom and expect an answer. You have what you need to walk out of here tonight. You are well equipped. You are already, you are already, um, Christ has paid for you to be able to walk out of here successfully in power. The price has already been paid, but we've got to start walking. Father, in Jesus' name, I just pray for breakthrough tonight. I just pray for breakthrough in the morning. I just pray for the atmosphere to be different because we're going to trust you and we're going to release some faith. Give us breakthrough, Lord. Just pray over this church. I just pray over our city, over uh, Halloween. And I just come against any attack of Satan over this city, and we just bind that in Jesus' name. And we just ask you, power of God, spirit of God, to be poured out upon our city. Pour it out upon our city, Lord. Overflowing. New wine all over this city. Holy Spirit, you have, you, we give you the right to come. We say you are welcome in this place. Come, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You guys have a great rest of the week. We'll see you Sunday morning.